again. I know we went over it last week, and and uh, you know what I. Uh, you know, I, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. You know, I really, you know, I've, I ate a lot of restaurants, you know, over the years. And uh, I really like Ruth Christ. And you know what? I had a steak there back in whenever I was with Pastor Keith. But, you know, if I get a chance again, I'm going again. Because they got some of the best beef in the world. Mrs. Chris, she know what she's doing. <laughs> and my point being, just because I had one one time... It doesn't make me say, well, I've had that before. I don't want to ever go back. If it's good, if it fed me, if it blessed me, if it nourished me, you know, it wasn't bad food. I didn't get sick on it, and I enjoyed it immensely. Then why wouldn't I want to go back? So my thinking is about the Scriptures. We look at things. We think, well, I heard this before. I heard this, you know, last month, last week, last year. Yeah, but if it's good and it's feeding you and keeping you strong, let's keep going at it. So I wasn't near done last week, and I'm staying on the same sort of thinking here about the will of God is healing. And we could say it this way. Is it God's will to heal everybody? Absolutely, yes. Does everybody get healed? Absolutely not. Why not? Because some people don't receive it. Some people don't. First of all, some people don't even know it. See, you can't, until you know the Word of God, you can't be sure of God's will in the matter. Until you know what the Word of God says about it, you can't be sure what God's will is because unless He's promised it or said it or it's a statement of fact, and if you don't know that, then you don't have confidence that He'll do that for you. This is another reason why we keep going over these things over and over again about finances because somehow the religious world, and I know they need money, you hear them acting like sissies about it all the time. Like if you don't give, we're going off. Well, just go on off. We don't need that kind of unbelief. If, you, if you're not going to believe God, then just stay off our airways. We don't need that. You know, he's free, she and he can have the freedom to do whatever they want. But I'm just talking about my personal attitude about it. Uh, and a lot of other people like me that believe something. Uh, here's my point. You know, we've got to do things in faith and we've got to stay with things. And we've got to know the will of God or we can't have confidence about prosperity. That's why we keep going over this. God wants to prosper you. And it gets, it gets beyond whatever company you work for. It goes beyond just the fact that I work here at Church on the Rock. I'm not thinking when I say God wants to prosper me that He has to use the local church here and that alone. Are you listening? Uh, 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 the, you know, I tithe here. I'm not fed here. But I tithe here as an example and because I'm committed. I give towards the building fund because I'm committed, naturally. I hope you're listening to me. But here's my point. I distribute all over the world. I might be in Germany and feel led to give that brother some money. Or I might be in Albacon and give, in Siberia and give some... Well, then that's outside of this local house for sure. But see, God sees that and He uses people then. Maybe those people, maybe somebody else, they begin to bless me. And they begin, because God says, if you give, and I'm talking about above my tithe, above my building fund offering, above all the missionaries we support, above Brother Copeland and Dr. Dufresne, the two prophets we support, I'm talking about personally, then this is all above that. But see, we're living in that realm. And I know that God says that it's His will to prosper me because I've read it and read it and read it and read it and read it until I believe it. And you couldn't talk me out of it, and some other preacher couldn't talk me out of it, and no other human being can talk me out of it, and the devil sure can't talk me out of it. 
And it's not that I'm after things. It's af- I am after, listen to me, walking in the perfect will of God, which includes my prosperity. To settle for less is to say, Jesus, what you did on the cross is not enough. It's not the stuff that goes with it. It's the attitude I have about it that God's impressed with. And he knows in person like myself or perhaps yourself too that the stuff never gets a hold of you and stays. Unless, you know, you need to keep a hold of it for a season or something or whatever, you know. How many are listening to me? And you can't know that. You can't walk in it until you're this thoroughly convinced. And one translation, I think it's in Romans 4, says fully persuaded that it was the will of God. You have to be fully persuaded. And you can't get fully persuaded by listening to people. You know, I, I, because, and I'm not complaining, but because I took on the role that I did in the situation we were talking about earlier, I've had to wade through all the, all the reports. Because they said, well, this, uh, this Medicaid, this, uh, and these are side effects to look out for, and this stuff. And then the doctor said, told me personally, when well, I look for this and look for that and so forth, if this happens, do that. And the, well, I mean, if I'm going to be responsible, I have, to, I have to understand that in the natural. So now I have some knowledge. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I mean, here's my point. I have some knowledge about these things. Are you getting this with me? And, and so, but at the same time, we have to stay in faith. We're talking about knowing the will of God and walking in it and walking in the perfect will of God when it comes to healing and health. See, this is the number one issue that blocks more people from being healed than any, not believing or knowing it is the undisputed, immovable will of God that you be healed of every sickness and every disease. And that not only that, and let me take it a step higher, that you walk in health. Not only that, but that you walk in divine life. We spend all of our time, it almost seems, at the church and in the church. And, and we're not putting anybody down. We've got to grow into this. That's why we teach it. But if I don't teach it, you won't get it because you can't abound wherein you haven't been taught, Colossians says. You start abounding with thanksgiving when you're taught something and it takes the fivefold ministry plus, of course, the Holy Ghost in you personally to unveil that word that we're ministering and then that begins to be a rhema word to you. Is that right? See, and we have to keep going over this. So I'm not condemning anybody. Don't get, under, uh, don't get frustrated, but just hear, hear what we're saying here. But we use all of our time, seem like, just to get the body of Christ healed. Just to get the body of Christ out of debt. Just to get the body of Christ where they're not loony tunes with their head. People in fear, people in unbelief, people in worry, people frustrated, people irritated. When's my ministry coming? When's my, oh my God, what are we going to do? Well, you're not going to do much with that attitude, I can tell you we got to get established in this somewhere down through here. There's a, there's a rooting and grounding in the Word of God that naturally has come for A seeding, taking the seed of God's Word, the incorruptible Word. The Greek word there is sperma. This is part of the reason I use that illustration about your, you and your wife or whatever getting pregnant. And God puts that Word in you when we preach it, and that sperm of the Word gets in there and it starts germinating. If you'll feed it and nourish it, now if you throw it away or don't act on it, it'll just dissipate. It may be in there, but you'll cover it up with, you know, CNN and fairy tale books and stuff like that. I don't have time to read books that don't edify me. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just never have done that. I mean, I might look through a catalog or something once in a while. I might look through, you know, something that's interesting. Somebody bought me a, a copy of the Rob Report. 
which is like luxurious living. You know, you, you know, if you're an envious person, I wouldn't encourage you to read it. Because it's got yachts and jewelry that you can't afford and shoes you can't wear and all that. Until you, until you get over in the realm with God, then perhaps eventually you could do that. But I like, that's where I found the report on the $15 million Bentley that was given to the queen mom. It's got a mine-proof seat in it. Bazooka-proof glass. And my point being, I got an illustration out of that for my sermon, The House of Faith. If, God, if the natural people would do that for their earthly queen, that's really sort of a puppet deal there, if you really know what's going on there governmentally. Really, Tony, Tony Blair, I think, is that the right guy or am I behind the time? Him and the, and the parliament really run things there governmentally. I'm sure she has some influence, don't misunderstand. But still, you know, if they would do that for a human being, to protect her and send the SAS after her secret service of their country to protect her all the time like she's divinity almost. How much more would God do for you and I? How much money would He spend to protect us? How many angels would He send to help us if we would believe that no weapon formed against us shall prosper? How dare some terrorist think he's going to sit on a mountain with some kind of laser-guided missile and try to shoot down my plane? He's about to get decapitated. That thing will blow up and take his head and half his chest with it. You don't do that to a covenant man that's on this covenant. You're going to end up without life. Are you mad about it? No, I'm not mad at anybody, but are you stupid enough to try to fool with me or somebody that believes in something in this book? You're, hunting, you're running right up smack into God. The Bible says I'm hid in Him. You're hid in Christ, in that anointing. My goodness. I don't know where I'm going to preach today, but we're trying to get it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? If we live so far beneath our privileges because of natural things around us and not taking the time to renew our mind and not staying in the house of the Lord and letting the word permeate us and, and get our minds renewed where we start getting established in some things. Hallelujah. You have to recognize when it comes to what I'm teaching about healing, you cannot afford to live by your feelings and you cannot afford to live by your senses which are located in your body. Your body doesn't want to agree with what we're preaching. It only knows what the spirit and the soul tell it to do, and it only, it only knows how to deal with natural forces around it, and naturally there are natural forces, germs and so forth, working against us in the earth that come from Satan. In addition to that, evil spirits. But all that is defeated under the blood and in the realm of the spirit if we'll understand properly how we're to walk and get our spirit built up. And then our minds renewed and those two will gang up and get an agreement and they'll just pull the body wherever it needs to go, including health. You ought to be confessing every sickness and disease, every German virus that touches my body dies instantly in the name of Jesus. I don't think, I never think, oh my God, what if a mosquito bites me? If I think anything, I think he's dead. West Nile, East Nile, lower, lower Manhattan, Lower Manhattan, the Ohio River, he's gone. He's biting into something he can't handle, divine in. Zap! You've heard of those bug zappers. Man, I'm telling you, when you believe you got life in you, the life of God, he don't stand a chance. I mean, it hardly takes anything to kill a little old, uh, you know, being that's about as big as a pencil lead. Zip, that's gone, man. I mean, 
He just lands on your skin. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Talking about health, healing. Healing is the will of God. We have to get thoroughly convinced in our own heart and mind that it's always the will of God to heal us. Now, whether we've received it every time, that's another deal. You know how many times, I mean, it just, it just doesn't take anybody smart to figure out what I'm going to say. I mean, a third grader could figure it probably a preschooler. That if you witness to somebody that you love to try to convert them to Jesus Christ, I mean, the Holy Ghost has to help you, of course, but you're talking words to people. Uh, and, and if they turn you down the first time, unless you're a quitter, you're going to continue to go back to them at least at some point in time and discuss it again with them because you care about them. And you're committed to help see them come to Jesus Christ and be born again. Well, you know, we shouldn't be, we should have the same attitude towards healing. And here's the thing, people will go to doctors, and I'm not making fun of doctors. This is not a criticism. Believe me, this is not a criticism. But let me just get this out of my, off my gut a minute. You go to a doctor, and if you got anything at all, you know, that's dealing with you, physically he says well now I tell you let me just look in your ears and down your throat and maybe here and there and a couple other places and put a glove on you know whatever and then all of a sudden he says you're going to have to come back next Tuesday we're going to, in fact I'm going to send you to so and so hospital they're going to do a CT scan and then we're going to do an MRI and then we're going to do an x-ray of your lungs and then we're going to do a stool sample and then we're going to do a saliva test and then we're going to do a urine sample and you know then we're going to cut your fingernails and send it for analysis I mean you know and, and this goes on forever and all of it costs money, costs you your time, your energy. And you go through the whole process and then you say, well, we don't have enough tests. And, okay, take this Medicaid. Well, doc, it's making me sick. Da -da. Well, okay, let's see. You can take this and you can take that and we'll do this and that. And, and then when it's all said and done, they tell you. And if it's a serious thing, say, well, we can't guarantee you're going to recover, but we're doing the best we can do. The honest ones tell you that. And, 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 and then, well, we got a 12-month program, and we got a 15-month series of shots we give you for that. And here's my point. Just average people that want, don't want to be in pain, none of us do, or hurt, we would submit to that. And don't think a thing. You don't go out of the doctor's office unless you're crazy. When you're pregnant, the first time you go to see him, and he says, yep, you're pregnant, and they do ultrasound, hey, we got a picture. You don't go out there and say, I'm never going back to that guy. I mean, I, I went once, and it, it don't work. Or you go get to some treatment for something you're in pain about and, and you take this medication and it doesn't quite cut the mustard. It don't get it for you. And you call the guy back. And, and, and if you're normal, you don't cuss him out. You just say, hey, doc, this stuff's making me more worse than I am. Is there anything else we can try? And usually there is. And then you, you go and you buy that medication. And then you got a whole cabinet full of it before it's over, you know, and you're taking this. you got to keep track of it and write it all down. My goodness, it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Well, you can, and then you, something else happens. You go to another doctor and, well, you can't take, I need to give you this, but you're taking that, and that's going to counteract that, and it's going to cause you to have seizures, and so you can't do, I mean, you have to be almost a scientist to flow with them. And then, but you don't quit, do you? You just don't quit. You just go back. You submit. You, they cut you. They take stuff out. They put stuff in. They, they give you medicines. That, you know, and, and you just keep on and on and on and on if you want out of pain because you're, you don't want to be in pain. I'm not belittling you, but people come to church one time, one time, give me 45 minutes, and if they don't get it at the altar, well, that healing stuff doesn't work. How ignorant, how stupidity has 
is involve people's heads when it comes to the gospel. People come to our church, they, most of them never even heard the gospel that we preach. Never even heard it. You say you're redeemed, they don't even have a, they don't have a idea what the word even means. They can't even spell it. And then they're irritated because they don't understand. The reason they don't understand it, you never submitted enough to get it. And then you're mad because you don't get the full dose of whatever the very first time you come to the altar. That is just, that is not, you're not, that is just not very smart. I'm not yelling at you. I'm talking about this concept, though, that your friends have about a church like this. All the stupid ones that don't tithe and are God robbers and are sick all the time and defeated all the time and depressed and make fun of you because you speak in tongues. Who's fooling who? I am not ashamed of this gospel that I preach. Whether I'm walking in the fullness of it or not, that's not even... I know somebody that did. His name was Jesus. And Paul and many others in the New Testament, and they believed it. And you need to get your mind and your head over in this new covenant. Hallelujah. Not mad at you, just mad at the devil. Boy, he's nervous. He already, he's not around here, but he, he doesn't like me at all. You know? Man, Pastor Michael's up again. Because I'm just endeavoring to do my part. I don't know it all. I haven't seen it all. But I'm doing my best to preach as best I know how and to get the truth over to people that it is God's will to heal them of everything. I mean, I, 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 I would say that with all fairness to me and all humility, I'm a pretty perceptive man. I've, I've majored on trying to be that way. I was that way before I got saved, actually. But I mean, I've turned it over into the Holy Ghost now, and I, I think I'm a pretty good, accurate judge of things. And when you go around people and you see no hope, you see it in their face, you see it in their eyes, it's a tragic thing. And they're dealing with issues that are life and death. And there's no hope and there's no God for them as far as what I'm talking about. They may go to church. They may even be tithers. They may even love God in their heart. But if they don't know what I'm saying, it won't help them over in this other area because this is, deals with healing. Now, listen to me a minute. I, I know I'm running a lot of rabbits today. We killed every one of them. I'm going to have some rabbit stew when I'm done. It'll taste real good, savory. Now, uh... Hallelujah. Forgot what I was saying there, Father. We, we have to come to grips with the fact that uh, sometimes people have been taught from an infant, thank you, Holy Ghost, that healing has been done away with. And when that's the case, when you come to uh, the Bible, when you come to a church where we teach this, and you read your Bible, you don't even see it. You read it out, not in. Because somebody that you respected, your mama, your daddy, your grandpa, some preacher, whoever, some article you read, some book you read full of unbelief, said, well, healing's been done away with. Well, let me ask you this. If healing has been done away with and healing comes by faith, then faith has been done away with and you can't be saved. Faith's never been done away with. 
Because the Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith, so all the Baptists are going to hell, if that's true. If healing's done away with, and healing comes by faith, so faith has to be done away with, because if you couldn't get the healing because you can't get faith, then you couldn't get that, so then faith's not available anymore. You can't please God, you can't get saved, you can't go to heaven. You can't have the resurrection. All that comes by faith. It's all in there. 1 Corinthians 15, Romans 10, Ephesians chapter 2. It's all in there. I mean, I could take time and read it to you. What's the point right now? I'm making a, a point to say that faith's never been done away with. And, I mean, people, preachers have tried to destroy it and make fun of us who preach it like it's some kind of subtopic. Like it's a side issue. Well, I, I know well, Brother Jacobs and some of those guys, they, 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 they preach that faith stuff. You know, they're, they're over in that faith stuff. <laughs> and the whole Bible's based on faith. The Old Testament calls it trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. And we acknowledge Him in all of our ways, including the fact that He's our healer. I'd like to know, to, to answer some of these theolo theological uh, situations, that if, if healing's been done away with, then we don't have a better covenant. We have a worser covenant. I know that's not good English. But if they had healing under the old covenant, you see, Adam didn't need it because he had dominion. And, and, and there was no sickness and disease to speak of in the earth until Satan got involved with man. Man was healed. Man was whole. Man didn't really need healing. He was, he was, walking, in his, he was walking in life. He really was walking in the glory. And, but when Satan got involved with mankind, all these disease germs and sicknesses began to spread. Strife became apparent. Uh, killing, hating, and all that. You know, Adam and Eve, they're two boys uh, fighting and killing one another and murder. You know, when there's murder in your home, there's a problem. Some real issues there. So all of that came after Satan got involved with humanity. And so later, of course, even back in the, way back before Moses, when I speak of old covenant, I mean primarily Moses and the law. But Abraham had a covenant with God. And he, you know, of course, he got messed up, you know, and got to pawning his wife off as his sister. After God got through with her, she's a real good looking woman. You talk about liposuction and all that stuff, biotin and all that and whatever. I mean, he did something on her. Because she was an old woman and all the kings wanted her and he could have any young lady he wanted. I'm talking about heathen kings, not godly ones. The godly ones that did that got in trouble, by the way. They came ungodly. Uh, so Abraham pawns his, his wife off as his sister and God wakes this guy up because this guy has some integrity, the Bible says. <laughs> and heathen king has got integrity. Well, that's... That's a twist, something. But he had integrity, and God said, don't touch that woman, I'll kill you. She belongs to the prophet, the guy that Abraham, you know, the guy that came into camp. Oh, brother, he says, you know. So he goes the next day, and he gives him sheep and cattle and gold and silver. I mean, this guy's smart. He listens to the God of the dream and, and says, here's your wife back. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. It says the Lord had closed up all the wombs of all the women in his camp, including his wife. And it says Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech's wives and maidservants and so forth. And they all got healed. So healing was available even before Moses and the law came in. Where Moses led them out in that great scripture where if you'll diligently obey my voice and hearken to my commandments and do them and do what's right in my sight and give ear to my commandments, I will allow, the Hebrew says, none of these diseases to come upon thee which I have allowed to come on the Egyptians. 
That was a covenant promise under that realm with Moses, that day with Moses, so to speak, in that time dispensation. And if that's true then and we're under a better covenant, we, we got this thing, man, this thing is so illuminating to our minds. It should be that we're under the best covenant that's ever been, the blood of Jesus. So many ways to get healed. Prayer of agreement, prayer of faith, speaking to the mountain. You could just take your faith and speak. wouldn't even have to pray. Really in the sense of asking God, you take authority and you speak. You speak to it. You speak to it. You have dominion. You and I have been restored like the Adam was in the beginning. We have dominion. The half hadn't been told about this. I've been doing some, some meditating on this. I'm not ready to preach it yet, but I will shortly. But we're talking about the will of God in healing. It's God's will to heal you. If it was ever God's will to heal anybody, it's still God's will to heal them because He hadn't changed. We read that in Malachi during the offering. I am the Lord and I change not. You know, I know you think, well, now, Pastor, I've heard all these things. Yeah, but faith doesn't come by heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. I'm not trying to frighten you, but don't wait till you have to go to a clinic and then to get in the Bible. See, don't, don't, you know, this, this, we ought to pay, we ought to, uh, if we're smart people, everything in life should teach you something. Now listen, I didn't say that, I didn't say God did it. I didn't say that. I said everything in life should teach you if you're smart people. And I tell you, you know, when you, when you're around a situation, you begin to analyze some things unless you're just not thinking and thinking about, now, uh, what could we do to offset that before somebody ever gets to that level? And what I'm teaching you right now is it. You've got to know that you know, that you know you know, like you know you know, like you know you know you know, it's God's will to heal you. If you were the only person in the earth that got it, it's God's will to heal you. And that you know that, just, I mean, you just know that like you know that you know. And you're not willing to compromise that for any reason or any kind of pressure. It's God's will to heal you. And secondly, that He will manifest Himself. And really, when we get into it further, we begin to see that He's already healed us. See, Isaiah tells us that surely He bore our... Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, surely He bore our sicknesses, the Hebrew said. Every other place in the Old Testament, most of them, that word in the Hebrew is translated sickness and disease. It says, surely he bore or carried away our sicknesses and diseases and, and took our pains, the Hebrew says. I think your Bible says different sorrows and griefs, I think, maybe, or griefs and sorrows in that order. But the real word there is sickness and disease and pain. You mean, Pastor, I could live without pain? Absolutely. I didn't say you were, but I said you can. I didn't say you have, but I said you could. But we're going to have to be thoroughly convinced that this is God's plan for our life. Now, you know, other things that are more evident in our life, like we're talking about temptations, we know that's bad. We know, we're, and we're going to turn away from that in a moment of time. We just know that's destructive to get over and play in that area over there, whatever that, that is. And we, we know we're not going to... But now on this thing, see, you know, you and I could live, uh, you know, quite a while and just put up with stuff if it's not life-threatening. But we should be a kind of people that not only have we defeated that thinking and renewed our mind, but we're able and more than able and well able to not only help other people 
walk in their freedom and fullness of authority and fullness of redemption. See, now that's really kicking it up a notch or two. You know, like Emerald Lagasse, bam, bam it up, you know, pick it up a notch or two. And we're going to have to do what we do to do that. And it takes time to get our minds renewed. Are you listening to me today? you got to know that, you know, you go in the average a doctor's office, if you were to, and people were receptive to you, you might be able to pray for a few people, but they're hoping. Most of them are just, well, we're, uh, you hear people say, and bless their darling hearts. You know, I, your heart wants to it just, you know, as we say, a slang term, our heart breaks or whatever. You hear a mom and dad on TV, well, uh, yeah, our, our little boy's been missing three days, or our, usually it's little girls. And by the way, there's no dads in those families if you pay attention. Rick and I have had several conversations about that. And then now we've got a whole generation where the grandparents are raising them. And I'm not criticizing the grandparents, thank God for godly ones, but grandparents are a little older. And they don't think like a parent sometimes. And sometimes they got ailments and different things like that. And so that plays into the scenario. And, 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 and kids that are preschoolers are pretty lively, and sometimes that plays into it, and they can get away from you quick. And so we're talking here about something, though, but you'll hear parents say, well, she's been missing. We're hoping and a praying. We really, you know, I know in my heart, I'm not trying to be mean. Without an intervention, somebody praying and getting a miracle, you might as well order the flowers because it's over. You're just a hoping and a praying. It's amazing. Somebody must have been praying, those two ladies out in California. See, I'm talking about using your faith and believe in God. And really, from what I understand, they were in the wrong place anyway. What are you doing out there on the beach with the boyfriend at 2 o'clock in the morning in a car? Listen to the radio? Let's just get real a minute, shall we? But I appreciated their spunk, you know, when they got finally to their location. The two girls fought back, so it must have already happened some stuff, and they indicated that too. I thought, well, good for you, girl. At least you've got a little umption about you. You're not going to go down, lay down, and forget it. I mean, you're going to do something in the natural. I don't know how much faith they had. Maybe they did. And most people thank God when they get delivered, whether they believed Him or not. Or maybe in an emergency they're praying, and God's not trying to not answer prayer. <laughs> but see, that's no way to live. I mean, even if all of them got delivered, that's, no, that's not the cure for it. The cure for terrorism is faith in God. And getting people converted and winning people to Jesus and some of these terrorists that get converted. Oh, man, I'm all over everything today. <laughs> I'm like ugly on an ape, I guess. <laughs> the zoo ain't got nothing on me today. Oh, man, I'm just... But see, we got to get convinced it's God's will. It's God's will for us to be delivered from every evil work. It's God's will for us to be healed if we need it, if something does come against us, that we can be healed of that. I'd like to say it this way, if I could say it sweetly, there's no terminal cases with God. I mean, no matter what they say, what they're in a booklet and all that, and the percentages, there's no terminal cases with God. And I don't base my faith on what you do or don't do with it. That's why I'm still in the ministry, Mr. Paul. I've had people tell me, oh, I believe God, and we buried them. 
Well, here's the bottom line. Either God lied about it or they didn't understand faith. Because what are you going to do with Jesus saying to us, Matthew, you know, when he says, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. I mean, either Jesus, if he lied about it, then he's become a son of the devil. And man, we're in a, we're in a real mess now. See, the reality is that's hard to take and hard to grasp, but the truth of it is real truth, and we got to grip that. we got to take a hold of that. That's, these are big boy stuff I'm talking about today. Or late, big, not big women. Don't ever say women and big. <laughs> Somebody told me don't ever say big and women in the same sentence. <laughs> How do I say that? <laughs> not the big and tall shop or nothing. Well, hold on. I'll get it in a minute. Ah, forget it. <laughs> It's for mature people. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. Well, you know what I'm saying. And I know we're saying a lot of things today, but it's good that we hear it. And I, I know I haven't given you a lot of Scripture yet. Do you want to stay till 2? <laughs> Hang on, let's read here in Hebrews 13. You've, if you haven't found that yet, oh, God help you. As we've been talking for 45 minutes. Jesus Christ, verse 8, Jesus Christ, the, Jesus the anointed one is the same yesterday and today and forever. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. And then he goes on to say, be not carried away with all these weird doctrines. Strange doctrines. You know, listen to me. I'm not against exercise. It'll profit a little. But if you think just running is going to help your heart and you're going to live in fear, we're going to bury you over that eventually. You know, guy 33 years old, works out all the time, runs, and he's sitting at home eating and boom, his heart explodes. Well, his running didn't help him. He lowered his cholesterol. He, he raised the HDL and lowered the DHL and wrote APC and the 789 to 1478 and all that. Everything's a, a code now. You know, ATF, FBI, CIA. Who did I leave out? I don't know. NIS, NAS. <laughs> Gosh, what a complicated world we live in. And I'm trying to show you something here. It's okay if you want to exercise, but if you put your faith just in exercise or a diet or a pill, you are sadly mistaken, my friend. You can't live on this earth successfully without faith. Nothing wrong with those things rolled into the fact. You know, if you have a certain problem, I'd research and find out how in the natural you could add in things or take out things or do whatever it takes in that realm. But don't put all your faith in, as they say, you say, don't put all your marbles in one bag. Keep, keep this big bag here called the Bible open all the time and realize that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, what's amazing to me, well, where do you get in that, Pastor? Well, when they came out of Egypt under an inferior covenant that's not as great as the covenant we had, it said there was not one feeble one among them. Not one. I mean, we're talking some elderly people. Moses was 80, and he had some comrades that were about his age. 
some elders in that group, the 60, 70, 80, maybe older than him, I don't know. Just because he was 80 didn't mean there might have been some older than him that were his friends. And, but from that all the way down to the pregnant mom that just got pregnant the night before, to whatever we're talking about, to a one-year-old, to an infant, to a nursing mother, all of that and all the way up, middle age and 50, 60, 70s, and they, not one feeble one among them, not one of them was weak. Not one. Not one. And they ate the lamb and put the blood on the doorpost. And, that, and they didn't say they even took their Flintstone vitamin. Now, I take vitamins. I'm not putting down vitamins. Hear me. I try to get some exercise. I'm not real, real uh, consecutive with it. And, I, and, but I, and that's good. And I try to watch what I eat, and that's good for me. Because I was getting sort of large and not tall, but just large. <laughs> Short and dumpy shop. <laughs> I don't think there's one called that. That'd be a good business to put out over your, you know, short and dumpy. Men short and dumpy. You know, they got the big and tall. What about short and dumpy? I'm sorry. Short and wide or whatever, you know. But I was getting whether I was looking that way, you know, and, and, and the Lord dealt with me, said, you need to get that. So I'm doing my part. But all my faith's not in a protein bar or a milkshake, or, or, or just, but I'm learning about what works for me, Michael Jacobs. But I'm using my faith all along because I realize that you could do all the right things in the natural realm. And see, he says here, let me show you here. Let me read verse 9. You didn't, I don't think I read it. Be not carried with divers. This means different and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace and not with meats. Your heart needs to be established. Your inner man needs to be established. Listen to me. The main thing you ought to be on a diet is the Word of God. Established with grace, or Paul calls it the word of His grace. Acts 20, 32 says the word of His grace, and not with meats. Now see, now listen to me. There's nothing wrong with learning about how certain uh, foods might affect you or don't affect you and paying attention to all that. Are you getting the, the balance of this? But if I put all my faith in a diet and I don't put my faith in the word of God, the word of His grace, then I'm off center. I'm off in a strange doctrine eventually. I, I don't mean to be mean here or cruel, and I'm not just picking out a product to pick on, a product. I could pick on any of them. They're all wrong if you take it to an extreme. But here's my point. I had good people. My wife can testify. I think Mr. Applegate was around me there in those days. Mr. Jansen and Sherry, maybe Dale and Arlene, they were there every time. But it just seemed like. But uh, here was people in my church, my second church. Lovely people turned on to God. Faith people. Faith. I mean, talk their faith, walk their faith, live in faith. I mean, you know, it, they're just wonderful to be around that kind of person. You know, they just, they, they, you know, we don't all know it all, but I mean, still there's an element of edification that comes and communion with each other when we talk faith. And, and I saw some of these couples, the good couples, solid couples in my church, and I, they would invite me to dinner or we'd go, and, uh, you know, during that day it seemed like we had a lot more time to go do dinner with people. We don't so much anymore. We can, we get, we, if you want to invite us, fine, it may be a year or two, and whatever. Here's my point. We, we would go have dinner with them and talk about Jesus and the Word of God. We have our Bibles out at the dinner table drinking coffee for dessert and, and, you know, and talking. And next time we went, they had their program going for Shackley. Now, Pastor, these vitamins will do this for you. And these, let me, hang on just a minute. Roll that down, Martha, and roll down this thing. And, okay, click. Slide number one. It was almost that, that, that dogmatic about it. And what you need, this is what you need, Pastor. I've been noticing you, and this is what you need. 
you need to drink this, eat this, take these vitamins, it'll do. I mean, it, and at the end of the night, you know, you don't even want, you don't hardly even want to pray with them. You just want to say, see ya. I mean, it became a sales pitch to me and, and their whole faith and their whole in demeanor about them and endeavor and their passion was to sell vitamins. And I, well, listen, I say to several people, if you want to take vitamins, take them. I'm not against them. I may take them too. And this one couple I'm thinking of, I bought some from them eventually and took some because they had a good product. But they just went off in that direction and sort of stayed there off in that direction. Huh? That became their, I took this and I took Shackley and I'm better for it. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. You know, we're just talking here not to let your heart get established with a bunch of natural things which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. They didn't just have, I have some vitamins sitting in my shelf, but while I'm preaching to you, I'm not, I'm not thinking about, I got to get to my vitamins. Do you see the difference? I mean, it says these people got occupied in it. I mean, it's like what Paul said to Timothy, don't be entangled with the affairs of this life. You, you see all the infomercials? If you have cable, uh, one day I was trying to go through the channels, and out of 50 channels or whatever we got, I mean, it must have been 12 channels. Tony Little, Tony Robbins, you know, Mr. Gazelle, and then Mr. Real Estate Head. And, and then uh, Suzanne Summers, bun thinners and thigh thinners and, you know, whatever. I'm telling you. And then somebody else, burn a fat, burn a blob, burn something, you know. <laughs> Golly! Now, I'm telling you the truth. How many can have ever looked through TV and saw all that stuff? And now, if God says to you, take that product, it'll help you. Well, there's nothing wrong, but, but don't be occupied with it. Like totally immersed in this is the way to live. This is the way to live. Man shall not live by bread alone or vitamins alone or jazzercise or weights or something else. And nothing wrong with doing that in a proper perspective. But man will live by every word of God. You're going to live in health. You've got to live by the word of God. Praise God. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to bring some balance and I've got to let you go. Hallelujah. You know, just like the taking care of uh, my friend, Jacob. He's my friend. I'm his pastor, but he's my friend too. Uh, and we try to get all we could to give him that was right and helpful. And I went and made trips and others brought furniture. And, you know, we did whatever we could because we want to help. And we're not making fun of something that helps. But our faith has to be centered up in God. You know. And even if he don't feel like hearing nothing because he don't feel like I'm downstairs watching a video with Brother Hagin preaching faith to me. I have logged some hours in tongues this weekend. I have prayed probably seven, eight, ten hours this weekend. I have, watched, I have watched some videos this weekend. I have listened to several Brother Hagen tapes. I've logged at least 10 or 15 hours in tapes. I was a little tired Saturday. They gave me a reprieve. I went over to my mother-in-law's, laid down, took about an hour and a half nap, woke right up, prayed in tongues for an hour, listened to two Brother Hagen tapes, prayed in tongues another hour, and they came and got me and said, we're ready. Got over there and they said, come on, lead us in a prayer meeting. Remember that? And I said, you got any coffee? <laughs> liquid anointing brother Dale calls it so we're not against some help here but see my main day consisted of what praying in tongues listening to brother Hagen reading my bible or, or re laying back on the bed and resting because my body was tired I you know been through whatever I mean I'm not the guy going through it but I mean you go through things there's I'm a faith man but there's natural stresses that are put on you in a setting like that See what I'm saying? 
Not complaining. I'm glad to do it. Whatever faith does whatever it takes. If I got to wipe somebody's backside, I'm willing. If that's what it takes to help my brother. I'm not opposed to it. I'm not making fun. I'm being serious. But I'm using my faith. I'm talking my faith. Whenever I talk, and I, you don't want to be a jabber box if somebody does But I say, you're the healed of the Lord. You're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You're coming through this thing. You've already beat it, and you're coming through. And, and, we, and then we make notes of what we've given, when we've given, make sure we're on course with the physician, and make sure we can do this and that and whatever, and doing our part in the nat. But our faith is centered up in God. I hope I've helped you today. My goodness. Whew. Man, I've shot a scatter load out. <laughs> Somebody said pool when I got up here and I just went for everything. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Didn't you see those plates go? There was a religious one, religion on it. <laughs> I got them all. I got them all. <laughs> I think one tried to get away and my angel shot it. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's God's will to heal you. You're, you're redeemed by the blood. Now, I know we're starting on a, a, a sort of a, a, you know, a level down here. and We're moving up in it. So stay with me the next couple of months. We're going to continue to talk about this because faith. Brother Hagin said something years ago, and I paid attention. He said, I always read. I always study and read something on faith and healing before I go to bed every night, and I always carry a supply of books on those two subjects. And I have too. I have for 15 or 20 years. You can ask my wife. You can ask the people that carry my briefcase. It's like carrying a suitcase. Because I got all kinds of tapes in there and books in there and notes in there, and I'm not bragging on me, but and then if I'm on a plane, I get my little nest out. <laughs> I got tape players and headsets and you know notes, and I like it. I like doing that. I like being involved in the Word of God. I, I, I mean, it's my life. I'm not doing it to be impressive to you. That's not my motive. I'm not doing it to say, well, you know, I'm really quite a prayer person. No, I'm just a believer. And it, you know, I'm not doing anything extraordinary, but I'm doing something all the time concerning my faith. And if I find myself thinking some, something else other, and I find my mind trying to drift on me, I say, no, you don't. In Jesus' name, come back here. We're going to do this God's way. We're going to do it the faith way. We're going to, and faith does whatever it takes. Hallelujah. Whew. Thank you, Father. You paid an awesome price to get this message to us. We thank you for it. We love you for it. We praise you for it. Hallelujah. If you need healing, stand to your feet right now. If you feel you need healing in your body, stand up right now. Anybody in this place, stand up just where you're at right now. That's all I'm asking you to do. Stand up where you're at, please. Now, Father, faith has been preached in here. Faith has come to us. Our, our hearts are full with the faith of God concerning your will. And so I pray right now, just from the front right now, I speak healing over every person that's standing. Whatever their condition is, I rebuke it. I command it, get out of them, get off of them, go from them. Every symptom, bow the knee in Jesus' name. Whatever they need right now, Father, to manifest concerning healing, I declare it so. And I agree with them in Jesus' name for their healing and health. 
by the power of Almighty God. From this moment forward, I speak healing and declare they are healed now. And your power is working in their bodies, healing them, affecting them. The power of God's working in their mortal flesh to correct and straighten out and do whatever needs to be done in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And I thank you for it. We believe, say all you standing, say with me, I believe that I receive in the name of Jesus your healing power and this prayer of faith over my body. And I believe now from this moment forward I am recovering. The power of God has been released toward me in words of faith and they've went into me and now the power of God is operating in my body. Amen. Amen. Now let's all thank God for that. Let's all thank Him a minute. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your power working in them. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, we thank you. We thank you and praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.